Welcome to That's So Chronic with me, Jess Bryan. Usually, I'm dropping into your podcast feeds with interviews from guests from around the world who are living with chronic illnesses, injuries, and potentially disastrous diagnoses. But today, I'm shining a spotlight on a non-profit organization empowering children and teenagers through collaborative songwriting. Welcome to Spotlight On, Hear Your Song. Like I mentioned in the intro, Hear Your Song is a non-profit organization that empowers children and teens with serious illnesses and complex health needs to make their voices heard through collaborative songwriting. Kids living with significant health challenges need the chance to show the world, and sometimes to hear for themselves too, that they are more than their diagnoses. Hear Your Song is all about helping kids with serious illnesses and complex health needs to make their voices heard through songwriting, to share whatever part of their imaginations or identity or story they want to put into music is now an international uh, nonprofit organization. We do that, as I mentioned, through partnerships with children's hospitals, camp, summer camp programs, school programs, and other nonprofit organizations around the world. And we have a really vast community of volunteers who work as composers, as musicians, instrumentalists, vocalists, to make the lyric videos for each song that go on YouTube, and to lead sessions with kids. And because we were founded as a student organization now eight and a half years ago, creating student communities who can work with kids themselves is a really big part of our mission. So we have right now just in the U.S. five different student communities that are working at their own chapters to reach kids and bring songs together, just like we sort of did starting out uh, in 2014. That's Dan, the co-founder and executive director of Hear Your Song. My day-to-day job is just continuing to help reach more people, more kids around the world uh, with a really wide variety of diagnoses and to build new partnerships with children's hospitals and nonprofit organizations that serve specific diagnosis communities and summer camp programs and really to just both reach more kids and also help their songs to reach more audiences and more listeners to spread whatever they want to share far and wide. But I also got to chat with music director Sophia. Yeah, and my name is Sophia Campoamor, and I am the music director at Hear Your Song, or one of the co-music directors now, just had someone join the team. And my job on the music team is to bring the songs to life in the way that the children describe. So that means mostly coordinating volunteers, taking the information that comes out of our songwriting sessions, uh, which includes lyrics and descriptions about how the songs should sound, whether that's instruments or recordings that the kids or teens have recorded themselves, or just instructions for it to sound like a particular artist, taking all the musical information that comes from each child's imagination and then pairing that with the people who can bring the track to life in the way that they described. So I am working on all of the songs and in conversation with our music volunteers to make the songs um, the way that they were imagined. I love discovering jobs that I never knew were jobs. So I asked Dan and Sophia if they were always inspired to work in this space and how they got to where they are now. My background is as a composer, mainly of musical theater music, and I'm a singer and play piano. And 
I started Hear Your Song with my co-founder, Rebecca, when we were undergraduates and really looking for a way to bring the musical community together on our campus to find ways to be collaborative rather than competitive. So I guess one of my my favorite musical activities is sort of bringing other musicians together and finding ways to sort of share and pool our talents. And that's been one of the biggest joys for me with Hear Your Song. Yeah, and I'm a songwriter and singer myself, so I have an artist project that I do and have written songs since I was probably about 10 years old myself. So music's always been a big part of my life. And I found Hear Your Song and I was a, a few years behind Dan and Rebecca in school. And so I it was already an organization when I was in my first year there and started out as a composer volunteer in my first year of, of college. When I caught up with Dan and Sophia, they had just finished facilitating a number of Hear Your Song workshops and summer camps. And as someone who grew up in New Zealand and had only seen summer camps in films, I was very excited to learn more. I asked what it looks like and how it all works when someone is participating in a session. Our overall philosophy when we're working on sessions is that we want the kids to be driving the process. And so that means that it looks as many different ways as kids that we are with. But the general idea is that we'll ask the children what they want to write about, maybe brainstorm with them for a little bit, or sometimes they might know right away, I want to write about this. It really depends. But we'll ask them what it is they want to write about. And then we'll usually ask them questions to help get lyrics down on the page. Again, this depends on kind of their comfort or their interest or the skills they already have but that might be just sort of writing down what they say as they go or they might be really interested in rhyme and then we could help them maybe brainstorm some rhymes but it really depends on the kid and we have no priorities really when it comes to the language that they're using or how they're using language we have no set idea in our heads about what a song is supposed to sound like so we're really trying to kind of follow where their language leads and reflect that exactly on the page. And so once we've got lyrics or sometimes before lyrics, some kids prefer to do music first, we'll also be asking them questions about the music. So we might ask them if there's a specific genre they're really into or what instruments they want or how fast or slow it should be, how many singers there should be. Depending on the session and their level of interest or kind of how the conversation is going, we can get really granular and specific and say, okay, like, should this, you wanted a piano, here's the piano part, and now you're saying you want a flute. Like, does this flute happen faster or slower than the piano part is happening? So you can really get really specific and have them make a lot of musical choices, or you can stay really broad depending on kind of how they're engaging, depending on the kind of engagement they're demonstrating. They might just say, I want this to be a really calm song and it should have a saxophone. And that might be all the information that we get to interpret. So it really kind of depends on the kid and the way that the session is going. But we'll just be trying to uh, always kind of give give them the agency in, in how they want that session to be and what kind of information or choices they're interested in making about the music. And I to add to that, we really try to frame everything in terms of giving kids as much power and choice as possible through every step in the process. And that's really a reflection of recognizing that a lot of the kids we work with don't have a lot of power and choice in their day-to-day lives and in managing their health journeys. So one thing that I say in trainings for new volunteers is sort of at every stage of the process, you should be asking yourself, could I, whatever I'm doing right now, could 
the kid be doing more of that? Could I give more of the the leadership of the session over to the kid? So if we're working on a melody and I'm coming up with ideas, could I be asking the kid, what's your idea for the melody? Do you want to sing that line? And I'll try to find it on the piano. Or if I'm recording a vocal, could I ask the kid, do you want to record your vocal too? So really trying to, I think a lot of volunteers get intimidated, like how am I going to let the kid lead when I, it's my first time leading a session, but it's sort of, it's always sort of a learning process of just sort of adjusting those dials of who's really in control and how can we give kids as much control and autonomy as we possibly can. Have you found that when the kids participate, they've, they have an interest in music already or is some of the time like they're learning as they go as well? It's a, it's a total range. We work with kids who have no previous musical experience and just really love broccoli and want to want to write a song about broccoli in the style of Beyonce. And then we work with kids who sometimes come to us with a song kind of almost fully formed. They've like written, they've been working on a lyric maybe, or and even they might like play a little bit of piano accompanying themselves, but don't haven't sort of produced a track before. And so uh, we get to do a whole range of things. Sometimes we're really just helping kids generate lyrics and that's like, what they want to get out of the process. And sometimes we're really helping kids produce a fully realized track that they're driving sort of every single musical detail and sort of helping them get to the next level as songwriters so they can go off and do that vocationally (laughs) if they want to, which is really cool that we get to sort of do both sides of those experiences and, and everything in between. Speaking of writing songs about broccoli, here is a little snippet of Dennis's song, Broccoli. gonna lie to you all I do love broccoli one of the amazing things about the work that hear your song does in the community is that it's completely free of charge for the students families and organizations that they partner with that's really intentional because we want to make sure that everyone's able to access this and also because it's really hard to put a price on uh, the process because every kid's process as we've talked about is so unique and different that one kid could have a 45 minute session and then say like, let me know when my song's done, I can't wait to hear it. And other kids could have year, years of weekly sessions and never and never be done with their song. So um, it's hard to sort of know what the, what, the val- what the value of one kid's experience might be without sort of knowing the scope of what their musical journey will take. And also obviously we wanna make sure that regardless of people's resources, they're able to participate fully. As Hear Your Song is a not-for-profit working with children and teenagers who have serious illnesses and or complex health needs, I was wondering whether they bring some of those experiences to their songwriting. Dan says that it's varied and depends not only on the person who is participating in the workshop, but also in terms of the partnership and how the session is being delivered. We work with some programs where their goal at certain summer camps is really to help the kids be in a space where they don't need to think about 
their illnesses at all, where they can feel like they're in a community where they can just be kids and run around and, and know that people are going to take care of them and that they're understood. And so we've had entire camp partnerships where we've worked with 50, 60 kids and no one has ever written a song about their illness experience. And then we've had other partnerships where the program is really designed around being like a support group. And it matters a lot to kids knowing that the other kids there have a shared diagnosis and a shared experience. So we might get, uh, we've had sessions where like seven kids will all write songs about their medical journey. But I think part of the, what's really important to us is that we never are asking kids to share anything that they don't want to. And it's really only when kids come into a session saying, this is something I really want to share often in the context of like, I want to be an advocate for my diagnosis community. And I want people to learn more about people living with this diagnosis and to understand what that experience is like, that then they'll sort of bring a lot of that into the session and, and feel really good about having a way, a platform to really share that with more people. Another thing we've seen sometimes is that we have a peer songwriting group that we started piloting this year, where we had some kids who were really excited to write multiple songs with us. We wanted to have them come together and meet and talk about each other's songs. And in that space, most of the songs I think that we were working on in that space were usually not about health journeys, but you could see and kind of the conversation outside of the songs, it meant a lot to the kids to be able to kind of weave in and out of the conversation what was going on with them health-wise and then dive right back into the songwriting conversation, but know that kind of the space they were in that the other people they were talking to or maybe even some of the songs that they were referencing had to do with shared experiences that they had and that that was kind of a base level of understanding where then they could go off and just be talking about songwriting or writing about other things, but that seemed like it mattered to people in that way. One story that, that just reminded me of from Pure Songwriting Group that was really moving was we had a boy who had written a song about hiking with his family and people were saying in the chat as they were listening to it and giving each other feedback, like, oh, that sounds so fun. And one girl said, because of my illness, I'm not able to go hiking. And he, the songwriter said, oh, thank you for sharing that. Like, it's really important for me to remember that I'm really lucky that even though I have other challenges, like I'm able to do things like that. So really creating spaces where kids can learn about other health experiences, even if they are going through great challenges to recognize sort of the diversity within uh, that their community, I think was really meaningful for them and meaningful for us to see the ways that kids are learning from each other and are, and are so kind and generous to one another too, as they sort of share really personal things about their experiences. This feels like a great time to introduce you to Elliot, who wrote a song titled Invincible with Hear Your Song in partnership with Crohn's and Colitis Foundation's Camp Oasis. So Invincible is a song I wrote, um, how having a quote unquote invisible illness can make you feel invisible, but your family and friends and the people that you love can make you feel when you feel invisible to invincible. Even though you feel like nobody's there for you, there always is someone there for you. That's probably really what the song is about because people are always there for me, for you, even if you don't feel like there is. 
the song is inspired by one of my favourite musicals to sing in the shower, Dear Evan Hansen. Lyrics by Elliot, music by Elliot and Jake Gluckman, and vocals by Chloe Costman and Jake Gluckman. Hard times with your good friends and family. That's how I got through some hard times at your age. Be positive. Really? Yeah. I'm not invisible. Yes, that's getting better. But I'm invincible. Yes. We're, We're all invincible. We're all invincible. Invincible. We're gonna live the life, the best life we can live. We're gonna bring a cure. A cure? To what? To you see in Crohn's. What else was I going to say? Someday we'll find a cure. So no one will be invisible. Yes, just invincible. get involved so a, a lot of our kids come through partnerships as i've said but also anyone can visit our website anywhere in the world and fill out a form to register their child for a virtual session and our website is hearyoursong.org and we hope that people listening or people who know folks who might be interested will will reach out Incredible. And it's amazing that you can do this virtually as well. Has that sort of sprung from the pandemic? Yeah. So sort of the history of our organization kind of was catalyzed by the pandemic. We had, as I mentioned, it had begun as a student organization and students after I graduated continued leading the organization. Folks like Sophia were involved with it after I graduated. And then really at the start of the pandemic, my co-founder and I realized this was the moment where we wanted to really build it out into a full organization that, and realize that we were sort of boundless geographically now and could reach kids not only in hospitals, which had been the model before, but kids who were at home too. And that really sort of led us more to work with many more kids in the chronic illness community rather than kids living with acute illnesses and working a lot with kids with invisible illnesses at, at that they might be sort of regular outpatient visitors, but might not regularly be living inpatient, but but dealing with their experiences at home all the time. So it definitely changed the populations we work with, and it definitely changed the kind of relationships that we could build with families because we, we can schedule sessions really on their own times. We can see kids when they're feeling well. If, if you're doing a hospital visit, it's often they're in the midst of a lot of medical uncertainty or discomfort, and we can really work around the moments that work best for kids and families and just have a much deeper, richer uh, relationship that we can sort of control a little bit as an organization and not sort of rely on hospital bureaucracy to reach kids all the time. And, and it's allowed us to work with volunteers all over the world too. We have folks who volunteer on virtual sessions coming in from Hungary and from England and, and all over. So it's really sort of opened up all of that to us. And we certainly would never have gotten to the place that the organization is now without the pandemic's impact on our sense of how we can connect virtually and, and recognizing that so many of the kids we work with are isolated and immunocompromised all the time. And the pandemic may have made us aware of that, but it's an ongoing challenge 
for for the kids as it was pre-pandemic. And, and so that's now a, a context in a population that we have better resources to, to support moving forward. If you can't already tell, I think that the work that Dan, Sophia and the whole team at Hear Your Song do is pretty amazing. But if you needed any more convincing, here's some voice notes from Piper and Annie about their experience working with Hear Your Song. I really love my dogs and thought it would be fun to tell the little story of what it's like for them to go to the groomers. It was a little silly and dramatic, just like me. The song was so great. I was really happy to hear it. Hi, I'm Annie. I'm 17 years old and I wrote the song Rap This Summer Night. Writing this song through Hear Your Song was honestly the most amazing experience because I've never really done anything with any of the songs that I've written in the past. I've just written them and then they stayed in the notes app until now. (laughs) I want to thank everyone at Hear Your Song, even the people who did not work on my song because I gotta say, I'm sure other kids feel the the exact same way that I'm feeling right now in the process of writing and recording and making their song that it was literally just a blast. I my song came out um two days ago I think it was and I gotta say it made my whole entire day so much better. I was I'm I've been on a high for the past couple days just because I've been so excited to finally be able to say that I have my own song. Dan and Sophia are working with kids like Annie and Piper every single day. So I asked them whether they've noticed any mental health benefits that have come from the collaborative songwriting experience. Yeah, I think, you know, that's a hard thing to quantify, I guess. But I think anecdotally or the way that we we talk to kids and, and talk to families, you talk to families more, so you'll probably have really specific things to say. But, but yeah, just when we when we get kids together and they talk about their songs you can see how excited they are not only to work on their own songs but to have have the just the whole the whole library of music that comes out of our work available to them there have been some kids who've talked about like listening to our youtube channel when they have a hard time falling asleep which i always think is really sweet and just some of the friendships or relationships that they've made from working with us and with with each other on songs I definitely put in the category of of mental health in that way and yeah I think I mean Dan can talk more about about other family experiences but I think that from my understanding of our process this isn't something that I like ask each kid about specifically but I think one of the biggest benefits that I see of of intersecting songwriting with the chronic illness or serious illness population is kind of the the mental benefits of or this is something I've been reflecting a lot on in my own life since working here, just in the way that I know it some of the times I, I have a inflammatory bowel disease myself. And so I know that in some of the the times of the most uncertainty for me when I was trying to get a diagnosis, looking forward to some procedures that were really stressing me out, things like that, that that was a time in which like moving words around on a page as an activity was like the most was like the best thing my brain could be doing and was the best thing for my mental health. And so while I haven't been asking kids about that, like I've, I've seen how that works in my own life. And, and I hope that that, that works the same way for other people when they're trying to manage some of the uncertainty that, that comes with dealing with their health. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, totally. We've also had a couple or several kids that I can think of who have written songs about their mental health challenges 
or depression or anxiety and through the songwriting process have sort of reached different language or a different understanding of themselves, which has been kind of amazing. We worked for a, a four week period through one partnership with a 18 year old named Raniel, who when he started writing his song uh, was actually like using all of this language about gray and darkness in his lyric. And every week he would come in with a like brand new lyric revision. And by the end, the song was actually all, like all about color and light and, and connection. And we have sort of the screenshots of, of each week. And it is kind of extraordinary to see that he was taking the same imagery and ideas, but like slowly through this process, he was finding a version of himself that he wanted to celebrate and put forward. And, and sort of by hearing it set to music, he sort of reshaped this different understanding of himself or who he wanted to be, which was kind of extraordinary. And then we also worked with a boy recently named Owen, whose song is called Help. And the lyric initially was, I need help or I want help, and was a lot about mental health challenges. And he came back to us as we were working on the process. He was recording his own vocals and then had a follow-up, wanted a follow-up session with us and said, actually, I want to change the end of my song, which currently ends with I need help to I found help. And to make it about like the ways that you can find community and get support from loved ones. And I don't know, I don't, I wouldn't attribute that shift to the songwriting process itself necessarily, but certainly was able to in the song, and as the song grew, reflect his changing feelings about the support that he was finding or his sense of comfort and community in the lyric and and to and to recognize that that was something it was really important for him to make that edit to share with other people was really moving so stories like that definitely are yeah we work with so many so many kids that often they're like flying by and you're like wait i want to hold on to that one but i have 30 other songs that are in progress but it's really when we're, when we're able to sort of sit down and talk about individual impact and individual kids it's really exciting yeah. however i know from my own experience that hearing other people's stories of chronic illness disability or all sorts of medical journeys can really take a toll on the person facilitating the space i asked dan to share a little bit about the behind the scenes work that goes into making sure the volunteers are looking after themselves too we work with a couple trauma-informed care specialists. We work with a wonderful woman named Jasmine Williams, who's designed these trauma-informed trainings that all volunteers participate in when they start off working with kids. And we build sort of reflection time after the kids leave into all of our sessions. So we're really sort of breaking down what and if there are any sort of things came up in the session that volunteers want to talk about or debrief or ask questions like how might I have handled that moment differently. We also have a board member who's also one of our like strongest program partners from Montefiore Hospital in the Bronx in New York, who's a trauma specialist. And she does sort of specialized training when we work with her patients who are who are often are, have experienced trauma specifically, but also sort of is a, is a guide to sort of all of our programs in that way. And then we also have a number of volunteers and staff who have chronic illnesses themselves. So we're working on sort of developing more spaces for folks who may connect more directly with what kids are talking about to have space to sort of process that together. So that's something that we're that we're working on building now, especially as oh, especially over the summer, we've been lucky to have a lot of folks reaching out to us to say this resonates with me personally, and I want to be part of this work. 
Excitingly, in May, Hear Your Song produced a concert at 54 Below in New York City, where Broadway performers collaborated with the kids to perform a variety of songs. It sounds like an amazing event, and I'm a little bit jealous that I wasn't there. We had a concert at 54 Below, which is a venue in New York City that's really focused on sort of showcasing Broadway musical theater performers. And it was really amazing. We had six Broadway performers, including a Tony nominee, Liz Calloway, who's the voice of Anastasia from the the movie. Um, And alongside, we had five kids there who were there, three of them sang their own songs, three of them introduced Broadway performers singing their songs. And we performed about, I think, 18 songs from kids from all of our different partnerships and were able to really showcase their voices and their and their stories in a different way it because of the pandemic it was really our first live event and was so cool to really bring our community of supporters and families and and friends together and we had some kids who flew like halfway across the country to be able to hear their songs live and it was a a pretty fantastic sort of showcase of sort of how we've grown as an organization and and really i think highlighted for people the range of experiences that kids have with their programming and all the different ways that kids can use Hear Your Song to express themselves and 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 continue their relationship with Hear Your Song ongoing. Yeah, and I think it was just exciting for the kids to see their music being played in a venue by really awesome musicians um, and have a full house listening and applauding. And we live streamed it too so that kids who weren't in New York City could watch it as well. But it was cool to just, to as a reminder that we make music and we make music that people want to listen to and and have a good time listening to. We also had one of the Broadway performers, well, most of them who were singing songs with kids that weren't coming to the concert got to Zoom with them ahead of time to meet the kids. And we had one Broadway performer who was really moved by the song she was singing by a girl named Faith that was really about her, her journey with a chronic illness and the performer was sharing with her on Zoom her own experience with looking for a diagnosis that she hadn't really shared publicly before and, and was comfortable with us sort of sharing that conversation then. So I think it was really powerful for the kids to realize that their songs were impacting the people who were singing their words, who were Broadway performers who sing lots of people's words all the time, but that these songs really impacted them in a really powerful specific way and that those relationships could could also develop through that process and it just we want kids to feel validated as human beings and whatever they want to share but we also want them to feel validated as artists and yeah like your your song is worthy of being sung on these big stages by these big performers so that was a really exciting part of the process for us too just seeing those connections form Speaking of hearing your song out in the wild, Zippy had an exciting story to share with all of you listening today. Uh, so yeah, I was on a call with my friends and we were all talking and I'm just like, uh, guys, do any of you have Spotify? And uh, none of them I think had it. So I was just like, does anyone have an Alexa nearby? And my friend uh, was just like, yeah, I have one uh, right next to me. And uh, I told him, okay, uh, so just say to the Alexa, um, play noodles zippy's song and uh he was just like why and he did it and it started playing my song (laughs) which was very cool to see my song actually working on the alexa from chatting to dan and sophia it's clear that they love what they do and truly believe in the power of hear your song and that's because the effects are so much greater than only reaching the kids that they work with 
they're feeling the benefits and the learnings as well. I th- okay, I think as a as a musician, I think I learn all the time working with Hear Your Song, especially kind of when in, in the process we were describing before of how do we figure out how to give kids more and more choices always and, and more and more hands in the process. I think that has continues to teach me a lot about music and about how I can always be expanding my definition of composition, which is something that's really important to me as a composer or something that I I think I thought a lot about through college, especially like as a woman composer, um, that sort of like historically who gets to be called a composer is something that we're, we're always learning more about in terms of, you know, if you weren't putting notes on a page, but you were inventing vocal melodies, like that was composition. And, and so that sort of line of thinking is something that I continue to learn about when, when working with kids, when really realizing how many kinds of choices that there are to make in music and how many kinds of musical choices are available to people who understand music in so many different ways, whether they think of themselves as musicians or not, that we all have like relationships to sound and to time basically because that is what music is so that's something that I've really enjoyed thinking about and then and then also kind of with what I was talking before about my own relationship to songwriting and chronic illness and and health and kind of understanding retroactively better the way in which the the relationship that I've had between making art and taking care of myself uh, mentally and, and physically and the the ways and the things that I was doing subconsciously that were kind of working for me for a long time, learning more actively about about how they relate to one another um, has been really, really cool. And it's been really cool also as someone who is diagnosed as an adult to watch kids or be in conversation with kids about their illnesses sometimes um, has been really meaningful to me and has honestly taught me how much it means to have community, I think, around your health experiences and, and how much that's something that I actually didn't know that I wanted, but it's something that I'm like more interested in pursuing now. Yeah, those, those are some things. <laughs> so for me, I think one of the biggest impacts has been in terms of how I understand the world, just that I didn't really know that much about the chronic illness experience, being someone who doesn't live with a chronic illness. And it really has just opened up so much understanding for me, not only learning from the youth, but learning from the families and and the people who care for kids with chronic illnesses and, and acute illnesses and the organizations that serve them. I think it's just made me realize how how prevalent illness is and how sort of stigmatized conversations about it often are or how how little people who don't live with chronic illness in their day to day sort of understand what that experience is like. So I feel really privileged to sort of be allowed into those spaces and really to see the way that kids build community amongst themselves too is so inspiring. And I also think for me as someone trying to build a community from the beginning, that recognizing that I, I mean, sort of as a leader, as a leader of the organization, I think I've sort of changed the most in recognizing the joy and power of them and the privilege of sort of cultivating a community of people who like really get the get the work that we're trying to do and to have people like Sophia who's like an both an extraordinary musician in her own right and also an extraordinary person in her work with kids and I would say that those descriptors extend to like our entire staff and like so so many of our volunteer communities that we that I just get to sort of spend time with the 
the coolest people. And so Hear Your Song has definitely given me a way to just only interact with people that I think are awesome, which is which is amazing. Um, and I wish every, everyone could have that experience. But uh, uh, and and yeah, I think as as Sophia said, also just seeing the the diversity of ways that people express themselves has also inspired me as a songwriter to sort of be like, oh, I can write songs about myself and not just like write musical theater <laughs> songs about other people, but like I can explore my own thoughts and feelings through song too, which is something I really didn't start doing until like a year ago when I was like, oh, these kids are getting really personal. <laughs> like I could, I can try that. So I feel like I've definitely grown as an artist and then I feel like that helps you grow as a person too. So all the ways. <laughs> If you're interested in finding out more about Hear Your Song or supporting the work that they do, here's where to find them. On our website, www.hearyoursong.org, you can make a donation if you'd like to support. Again, all of our programs are free of charge, so it's really important that we be able to keep it that way. And so all support is really valued and goes a long way in making that possible. And then also we just love for people to hear the songs as our, as, our name, as our name would indicate. So our YouTube channel, if you search Hear Your Song, our Instagram, etc. handles are all at Hear Your Song H-Y-S. And those are all places you can hear hundreds of songs that kids have written and, and see the kids in action. And then if anyone's interested in volunteering or getting involved in other ways or, or is involved with a hospital and thinks it would be a good partnership, we can do that virtually. You can do that in person if it's near to where we have volunteers. Um, so you can always reach out through our website, again, hearyoursong.org. Thank you for listening to this episode of That's So Chronic. It means the world that you are here, so I really appreciate it. You know the drill. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you leave a rating on Spotify or a review over on Apple Podcasts and press follow wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. You can keep this conversation going over on Instagram or TikTok. I'm at That's So Chronic. But before I sign off, I want to give something a go. Hey Alexa, play Noodles Zippy's song. See you next week. Noodles, they're just noodles, they are amazing. Cheese with it, butter with it, sauce with it, a ton, a ton of stuff with it. Rigatoni, mac and cheese, spaghetti, but never ever peas, no. I'm not playing games. Noodles, they're just noodles. They are amazing.